Hey there, it's Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, a podcast geared towards the things you may be misunderstanding about the difficult relationships in your life. I did not understand it when I was in it, but I definitely understand it now, and I want to share that understanding with you so that you too can find the courage you didn't know you had to make the changes you didn't think you could make. I'm back. It's Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. Thank you for the feedback on the first two episodes of 2021. Uh, I love hearing what you guys are thinking, and I love hearing the parts of the podcast that you find help you the most, because when I know that, I know which direction to go with future podcast episodes. Um, I want to bring you guys what you want, so feedback is essential for me to get you what you need. Uh, podcast is growing and that is not because of anything I'm doing. That's because of the listeners that are sharing it and writing reviews on it. So I appreciate that. Conference registration is officially open. So if you have been contemplating going to the national, it's not normal, it's toxic conference. This is the fourth one. Um, it has been very successful, uh, all four years. It's growing. It's been growing all four years. Obviously, this year, COVID restrictions are still in place, but we did the conference with COVID restrictions last fall, and it worked fantastic. Um, the venue that I use is very accommodating, and they have everything set up according to the regulations, and it has worked out very well. So that is March 26th through the 28th, and it is being held in St. Louis. Again, it is staying in St. Louis until further notice because St. Louis is central. So it's super easy for people to get here. There's an, you know, an international airport here and it's two days of a ton of education. What would you get by attending the conference? Um, I spend the time to go through the 21 character traits one by one. What a toxic person does and why they do it. Because moving forward, once you're out of a toxic situation or you've let a toxic person go out of your life, as you know, most of you have personalities that are going to attract another one. So just exiting a toxic relationship does not necessarily mean it's the end of it. You have to be able to spot the red flags. And I get questions all the time. How am I supposed to trust anybody after coming out of this? Well, bottom line is you don't trust anybody. Trust is earned. You only have to know that you know enough to trust yourself so that moving forward, you trust yourself to spot the signs and then choose yourself to not accept that type of relationship. So I go through that at the conference. We have great speakers. There's a family law attorney that speaks. There's a financial advisor that speaks. We have a fabulous self-defense um, and personal protection lady that, that speaks. A um, lot of good people there. Everybody that attends is somehow tied to the same situation that you have. So if you need to get a lot of information in a short amount of time and you're able to travel, this is a great opportunity for you to get the entire program basically um, in a really short amount of time. There is an option this year also to purchase the conference ticket with the Freedom Me Online bundle. So you get the, the online program, which you, will be available to you as soon as you purchase the ticket so you can get a head start on some of that. That way when you get there, you have the questions um, ready to go because you've already been through the online course. 
And the best thing about the conference is I get to meet everybody in person. Um, we are all feeling like we need to be around people this year because we have had such a lack of being able to be around people. But that's my favorite time to actually meet some of the people that I've been talking to on the phone with or that I've been talking through uh, the podcast to or I've been that I've, I've been seeing their names pop up on in the support group. And so the conference is kind of um, one of my favorite times because I get to meet so many people. If you are looking for a support group and you have not joined Strength Within, that is a private online toxic relationship support group that I host on Facebook. Um, I keep that support group very positive. I have rules, meaning I don't want the toxic person in there. So we don't complain about the toxic person. I'm very adamant about not bringing conversations with the toxic person in there, but it has developed into a... Um, area that has been very encouraging, very inspiring, and very supportive for those who are going through a situation that nobody else seems to understand because the people in that group do understand. So it's called Strength Within, and you search it on Facebook. There's a few questions to answer about your situation, and I can admit you into that group. It's growing every day, and it is getting stronger every day. All right. A couple months ago, I sent out a question uh, in the support group, actually, asking for podcast topics. And this week, the podcast topic that has won the lottery for getting the podcast episode is how to best work with the kids and the co-parenting. So um, this is going to apply to people who are thinking about divorce, um, people who have children with toxic people, or people who are already out of the situation but are still having to deal with a toxic person because there is children involved. One thing I will say about this, I did everything wrong in this category. So what I'm telling you, obviously this is, this is not scientific based. This is through my experience of learning and this is through me coaching others through it and seeing that this type of stuff works, this type of stuff happens. So if you are co-parenting, funny word, um, with a toxic person, this episode is for you. Um, not that you can't get anything out of it if, if it's not a co-parenting type situation. But first of all, let's talk about co-parenting. Um, there is co-parenting present when there's amicable divorces and when there's divorces between people where one personality does not have the toxic trait to control another. Uh, so I don't even like to use the word co-parenting because in, in my history and in the history of most of my clients, co-parenting isn't a thing. Um, parallel parenting with a highly, extensively, extremely toxic person really isn't a thing either. So sometimes I just call it no parenting. And there's, there's five things that you're going to experience if you are leaving a relationship or leaving a marriage with somebody who does not have a toxic personality, okay? And those five truths are you no longer are gonna live together, so the family unit is gone. Another one is the property and finances are gonna be separated, probably pretty equally and fairly, according to the law and what you as a couple has decided on. Three, there is going to be a grieving process on both sides. One, because the family unit is now disrupted, and two, this is something that you have invested in. 
This is something that has taken time. This is something that has taken work. This is something that's been a chapter in your life. So there's going to be a grieving process that you go through in the death of a relationship. When you are divorcing or separating from someone who is amicable or who does not have a toxic personality, you respect the fact that the other person's life is going to continue. So you know there's a possibility that they will be in future relationships and when you decide to divorce them, you're accepting of that. Co-parenting is essential. And the reason co-parenting is essential is because when you decided to have kids, there was a commitment made to those children that you would raise them, guide them, and get them moving in their life. So when you're leaving a normal type situation or just a divorce situation, co-parenting is essential to, to fulfill that commitment that you made when you decided to become a parent. Now, there's five truths about leaving a toxic marriage or a toxic relationship. The first one is the family unit is broken. However, a battle is going to begin to form with competition and with criticisms to draw the family to one side while isolating the other. Another truth is property and finances will be a battle and most likely end with someone giving up more than they should to accommodate someone who refuses to give up or refuses to allow a fair dissolution to happen. There will be a grieving process. However, the parties in a toxic relationship will grieve the death of the relationship differently. One is going to grieve the loss of the family unit and the loss of the time invested and the loss of the thought of the relationship and what it could have been and the dream you had when you stepped into it. And the other person is going to grieve the loss of control they had over that family unit and over their partner, which is going to instill insecurity and also will be followed up by frantic behavior to regain that feeling of control so that they feel secure. Obviously, you think when you're divorcing, you will be able to move on with your life. One party is wanting to move forward. However, the other party is resisting and making every effort they can, so it's almost impossible for the other party to move forward. That's a very double standard situation. I can do it, but you can't do it type of scenario. And then we come to co-parenting. Okay, co-parenting is going to be very, very difficult because one parent has now dedicated their life to making everything for the other parent difficult. We should be putting the children first, their best interest should be in mind, and the adults, because they're dividing the family unit, should step down for the best interest of the kids. But that is not what happens when there's a dissolution of a toxic relationship. One has the need to control both the kids and their ex-partner. So how do you co-parent with a toxic person? In my opinion, you don't. Don't expect to co-parent with a toxic person. Don't waste your time trying. Don't expect them to change. And don't have meetings on how you're gonna make this co-parenting thing work. Because in reality, you couldn't predict their behavior. You couldn't help make things better. You couldn't change. You couldn't control. You couldn't work with. 
You couldn't communicate with them when you were married. So why all of a sudden do you think you're going to have this fantastic co-parenting relationship? You're not. The number one thing to remember is they are not seeking to work with you. They are seeking control, power, attention, and admiration, which newsflash was the same exact thing that they were seeking when you were married. So just because now you have a piece of paper, it's not going to make the things that they need from you change. They need to feel secure in themselves and they need to do that by meeting those four things in their life every day. So just because there's a piece of paper doesn't mean that their need for control is going to go away. Their self-security is going to outweigh anyone and anything else. Their self-security is going to be above all, even in the dissolution of a marriage. Now, the thing you need to remember is you divorce or you leave a toxic person to get them out of your life. The whole time you're sitting in the marriage, you're thinking about, I know this is unhealthy for me. I know I need to get out. It's destroying my personality. It's destroying my identity. It's destroying my kids. I don't even recognize myself. So when you divorce them, you have to remember that the goal is to get them out of your life. The goal is not to divorce them and be friends. The goal is not to divorce them and still hang out. The, divor the goal is not to divorce them and do holidays together or do Taco Tuesdays together. When you divorce a toxic person, which is why we talk about no contact, you need to cut every string you can that connects your life to theirs. And the strings that you cannot cut, like the children, you go into it with a different approach. Toxic people are emotionally abusive. They use your emotions to remind themselves they're in control so that they feel secure. So when you have to keep the string attached with the kids, that's okay. But you do need to approach them differently by pulling all of the emotion out of your communication. So I'm going to list a few things. This will probably not be in any order that will help in this chapter of your life that you think is going to be called co-parenting, but really it's the same thing you've always been doing. Accept the fact that you are pretty much a single parent. But don't worry so much about that because you'll figure it out. There has been a lot of people that have gone through life as single parents and they've turned out fine and the kids have turned out fine. Don't be surprised when your former partner is difficult. I love hearing that. Well, I cannot believe they're doing this. Really? You can't believe that? They're doing the same thing they've always been doing. They've always been difficult. So why is it surprising you now that now that you're divorced, they're being difficult? Remind yourself that they are not allowed in your life on any level except when they have your kids or except when you need to communicate something about the kids. They're not allowed in your life on any level because on any level other than the few strings that are attached, they're going to get in, they're going to cause an emotional reaction which is going to remind them they're in control of you. And that's no different than the situation you just left. So I'm going to give a few tips on how to co-parent the best you can with emotion pulled out of it. And I'm going to miss some and everybody's situation is different. So just know that I'm, I'm just spitballing some ideas of some of the situations that are going to come up when you have to work with your ex-partner 
who does not have a healthy relationship towards you because there's kids involved. Visitation. There is going to be a there is going to be a parenting plan. They are going to be able to go to your former partner's house and to your house part of the time because that's what most courts and laws are doing right now. Most places are starting off with 50-50. So that's just part of it. Now, if there's danger to the kids or if they're in physical harm, obviously that needs to come up with an attorney so that can be revealed. But with the visitation or with the co-parenting schedule or with the custody agreement or whatever we want to call it, the least amount of exchanges, the better. The least that you have to see your former partner, the better. So there's a lot of different options here. You can do week on, week off, depending on the age of the kids. All of these are going to depend on the age of the kids. When the kids start getting older, some of this becomes simpler. But if you can do exchanges by dropping off at school and then picking up at school so you, the two of you don't have to interact, that's the best option. And the least amount of times for the kids that they have to go back and forth, that's a good option too because when they go into the environment with the toxic person, they're experiencing the same thing that you used to experience. And then they go back to your place, which may be calm, and then back to the other place. So the least amount of exchanges is, is what I would recommend. Most of you, if you're already divorced, already have a parenting plan. So just know that on the exchanges, decrease communication. Because the goal is to get them out of your life on every level except what is needed to take care of the kids. Extracurricular activities or social activities that the kids are involved with. This is going to sound crazy, but treat them like they're invisible. Because they're going to want everybody to know what a great ex-husband or what a great ex-wife they are, and they can still be friends in public. Okay, everybody there already knows you're divorced. So you don't have to act like you like each other when you're there. And that's just going to put you in contact with them. So act like they're invisible. People, people around already know. So don't get caught up in the social circle thing. Like who they're sitting by and who they're talking to. And those used to be my friends and now they're taking my friends. And you know who, who you're going to hang out with while you're there. and what. It's not about you and who you're hanging out with. It's not about who your former is talking to. You are at an extracurricular or social event for the kids. Because if it wasn't for the kids, one of you would not be there because the goal is to get them out of your life. So keep the focus at the kids' events on the kids and the fact that you're there for the kids. So if you have to sit by yourself a couple times, that's okay. You're there for the kids and it's going to be easier for you to do because you're not trying to sit on the bleachers one row back from your former who's talking to all of your friends. That's way too stressful. That's way too emotional and that's way too personal. You're there for the kids. It's not a happy hour. Okay? Social situations make things very, very difficult. So when I did it, I pretended they were invisible. Know that a lot of times, depending again on the age of the kids, your former partner is going to want to talk and interact with the kids when they're at your house. And then on the transfer and the kids go to their house, they're not going to allow the kids to speak with you when the kids are at their house. So it's very double standard. But again, some of you will agree with this. Some of you won't. I can only speak from experience and how it works. You'll get used to it. 
Yes, is it sad? Yes, is it upsetting? Of course it is. But you don't want to fight the phone fight every week when you drop the kids off. So if you just already know, it's not that big a deal if they want to call the kids when the kids are with me, but I already know they're not going to allow it because their goal is control. And just because you divorce somebody doesn't mean that they're, they're going to want to quit controlling you. And you know what? A lot of times they'll say something like, well, just so you know, I'm going to make your life miserable. Or this is the worst decision that you've ever made leaving me because you're going to pay for it for the rest of your life. Okay, not letting the kids talk to you while they're at their house is one of the reasons or one of the ways they want to try and make you miserable. Okay, you'll get very used to the fact that, okay, well, the kids go to their house. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to talk to them. It's, it's okay. And again, depending on the age of the kids, make sure that your kids have your number memorized. Because the toxic person wants to control, if you're no longer in their life, sadly, they're going to transfer that control feeling onto the kids. So they love to ground the kids from their cell phones. Because if the kids don't have the cell phone, they can't reach out to you. Which, one, controls the children, and two, makes your life miserable. So they're getting killing two birds with one stone by confiscating the kid's phone. So always have your number, because now we all have cell phones and people don't have phone numbers memorized. Have your number written inside the tag of their backpack. Or somewhere that they know, this is my number. If you need me for something, borrow somebody's phone and call me. Because what I learned is I was heartbroken when I couldn't talk to my kids when he had them. It was awful because what your brain tells you is that the kids don't want to talk to you, which is completely untrue. Put yourself in the kid's situation. They're now living in the same environment that you just left, and they would way rather have conflict with you than have conflict with the toxic parent. So they're always going to be trying to keep conflict down and avoid the anxious feeling and if not calling you keeps them feeling safer, then that's what they're going to do. But also know this, if they need something, they will call you. So you're going to have to get used to the fact that sometimes no news is good news. And I learned this very quickly. I would not hear from mine for weeks. But every time that phone rang, there was an emergency. So I got a little frightened to answer the phone every once in a while because there was always something big when they called, but it was very reassuring to know that if I did not hear from them, they were doing just fine. Because once I heard from them, they were no longer doing fine. So just keep your number where the kids know where it is because if they need you, they will get a hold of you somehow. The first few weeks of you not contacting them when, when your former partner has them is heartbreaking. But I, I promise when you see it from this perspective and you put yourself back in the kid's shoes and they're back in that stressful environment, you were doing the same exact thing. You weren't calling your mom to chit chat. You weren't calling your friends. It was easier for you to have conflict with your, your parents or your friends than to have conflict with your former spouse. So you did the same thing they're doing. So just remember that's one of the reasons they don't fight to talk to you when they're with them.
Money is always going to be an issue. It's always about what you spend and what you spend it on and how much is how much everybody's contributing. That's part of divorce. And what you're going to notice is they always have money for vacations and they always have money to spoil the kids and they always have money to use material things to draw the kids away from you so that they look like super parent. And then you're going to find that you're the one that's buying the clothes and the clothes are all going over to your former partner's house and you're never getting them back. And you're the one probably paying the phone bills that then he grounds them from or she grounds them from and takes the phone away. Things that they need for their extracurricular stuff. You're going to be buying all the school supplies. You're going to be buying all the stuff that needs to be bought while they're buying all the fancy Disney stuff to show off what a great parent they are to the kids. Now, again, remember, their goal is to control you and their goal is to get emotional reactions out of you. So if they can buy the kids away from you, they think that the kids won't want to be with you. But at the end of the day, you're their safe place. So they're always going to come back to you. Are the teenage years bumpy? Yes. The teenage years are very bumpy, but the teenage years are always bumpy, whether you're in this type of situation or whether you're in a super healthy marriage. Teenage years are just bumpy. The Disney parent, you know, all of a sudden, we never went on vacation when we were married, but all of a sudden we're divorced and they're flying the kids to the beach, you know, or they're taking their the kids here or they're taking their kids there. Okay, the Disney parent shows up so that everybody knows what a great parent they are, so that the kids think, oh, this is the best. And really what they're doing is they're just buying the kids. They're trying to buy the kids away from you. So even though it's going to be annoying, don't let it bother you extensively. It's going to wear out. Because as soon as they realize it's not bothering you, they're going to quit doing that. Because their whole goal is to just get under your skin. So if, it, if you don't let it get under your skin, that's going to go away. The Disney parent thing comes in waves. It probably goes in cycles. You know, if they feel like the kids are drifting towards you, they'll plan a vacation. So just know the whole reason is, is to get back at you and it's, it's temporary. The kids don't need a friend. The kids need a parent. And you're going to feel like you have to be the bad guy all the time. But contrary to what most teenagers will say, they really want guidance. They really need somebody that they can lean on that they know will always be there. And that is not the toxic parent. That is you. Another thing that's almost always going to happen is vacations and holidays and birthdays and special occasions will be an issue with the toxic former partner. They will make it difficult for you to buy plane tickets because they won't let you know what the schedule is. You know, you're supposed to be somewhere for a birthday party and that's the night they drop them off two hours late. Again, the whole goal is to make your life difficult so they can get a reaction to remind themselves, even though we're divorced, I can still control. They're going to badmouth you. This should not be anything new. They've always badmouthed you. They've always criticized you. They've always made you look bad so they look better. So don't get upset when the kids come home and say, oh, you know what mom said about you? Or you know what dad said about you? Toxic people feel better when other people are struggling. So they'll say things to the kids knowing the kids are going to go back to you and tell you what they said. 
because now you've cut off that direct line of communication so they have to figure out how to get to you a different way and this is where you hear about parents using kids as pawns this is exactly what they put them in the middle they make them the messenger and the things that they'll come home and say to you will get you very irritated um mom says that we're switching schools next year what we never talked about that why would we switch schools next year so now you're fired up because the kids said that mom said we're switching schools next year and you've never had that discussion with them okay chances are we're not switching schools they just knew it would get under your skin and get a reaction if that message got relayed to you so don't get overly concerned when the kids come back with big news because their goal is to get a reaction out of you so don't give it to them don't speak badly this is difficult believe me don't speak badly about the child the children's other parent you're already divorced you already know they don't like each other they've been living in the environment so you're not really going to tell them anything that they don't already know but but the goal with you being the stable parent that's going to give them a safe place that they know they can always return to is to allow them to see the toxic person for who they really are you talking badly about them puts your vision in their head of who they really are because realistically when the kids turn 18 they get to pick the relationship that they want to have with that parent and you want them to be able to see this true parents this parents true colors you know when they're little we protect them we're not going to we're not going to talk about that today dad's in a bad mood or mom's got stuff going on at work and she's just going to she's just going to pick a fight when we so we're not doing we protect them when they're young because that's what that's what parental instincts do but as they get older start laying off that protection a little bit start letting them see how their toxic parent really acts and you can respond by saying things like well you know that's just how your mom is or your dad has been like that since the day I married him nothing has changed because that's going to prompt them to start watching the behavior and when they start seeing the cycle themselves and they start understanding what's going on you can slowly start educating a little bit without speaking badly about the toxic parent because ultimately you want them to see the true colors so that when they are able to make the decision about the relationship they have they're able to make it for themselves that's what makes a strong individual. Always, always, always put yourself in their shoes. You got to exit that environment. They did not. So the things that you're no longer living with, they still are. And it, your first instinct is to get frustrated with the kids, but you have to realize you got to leave they didn't they still have days of the week that they have to stay living in that environment and now it's even more confusing because there's there's now the disneyland thrown in there and there's you know money thrown in there and a lot of times there's new girlfriends or boyfriends thrown in there also so always put yourself back in their position when you feel like the kids are behaving a certain way you didn't want conflict with them they don't want conflict with them either they're doing the same thing that you did when you lived there. Don't always fix their problems for them. They'll want to keep you in complete conflict with this parent because 
They're expecting you to fix the problems for them. We want them to be able to stand up for themselves and to try to set boundaries. It sucks that they have to be in it and you don't, but if you continually go back and fix it, you're stepping right back into the toxic cycle. You may as well still be living there. And again, this 100% depends on the age of the kids. A lot of this I'm speaking to because a lot of my clients have teenagers. We're guiding the teenagers. If we weren't guiding in them in this, we'd be guiding them in something else. They are responsible for their relationship that they have with the kids. So when you get the phone call that says, or you get the text that says, you have to help me with Bobby because he is being unruly. Okay, you're not gonna get help from your parent, when, from your former partner when you need help disciplining the kids. They love it when the kids disrespect you. So when they ask you to help them get the kids in line when the kids are at their house, this seems awful, but it is not your responsibility. They are 100% responsible for the relationship that they have with the kids and you're responsible for the relationship that you have with the kids. They never wanted to be teen parents when you were married and now all of a sudden you get the text, hey, we gotta work together on this because Bobby's having problems. You know what? Bobby's not having problems at my house. Bobby's only having problems at your house and it's now your responsibility. And the kids get very used to it. Kids are resilient. They will adapt either way. But you, you are not responsible for fixing the relationship between your kids and your former partner. That is your former partner's responsibility to build that trusting relationship, which we know they're incapable of. Don't expect all of a sudden to have a great co-parenting relationship. The kids are also gonna learn to play you two against each other. This happens, in, this happens in marriages that are healthy. This happens in divorces that are amicable. Teenagers, as they're gaining their independence, get very selfish. Okay, who does that sound like? Think about, think about why you're out. You know, when you were in it and you wanted to get out, it was unhealthy. There was chaos, it was unsafe, there was drama, there was yelling, there was fighting. Your job right now is to create an environment for your kids that is not unhealthy, that does not have chaos, that is not unsafe, that does not have drama, that does not have yelling and does not have fighting. Not that it's gonna be perfect all the time, but when you put yourself back in your kids' shoes, they're living in the same environment that you were able to leave. Your responsibility is to provide them a place that they know is safe, that they know is peaceful, that they know is going to be supportive and guiding. Because they're not going to get that at the other parent. They're going to get the same thing you did. They're going to get the control. They're going to get the criticisms. They're going to get the belittling. They're going to get the unfairness. They're going to get the lies. They're going to get the half-truths. We don't want to create two environments like that. So your job is just be the parent you always wanted to be without the other household influencing you. Each time you allow engagement with your former you are stepping back into the unhealthy, chaotic, drama, yelling, fighting environment. So basically what you're doing is you're going no contact unless it has to do with the kids' exchanges, the kids' extracurricular, 
the kids' schooling, the finances that go with the kids, and then all of that, you communicate with them with no emotion. Keep your place as calm as possible because you want the kids to know that you love them no matter what. They will always be safe with you, you will always support them, and you're never, there's nothing that they could do that would ever make you stop loving them. That's the environment that they need. So that's your job as, as you move forward as the new single parent. But just because you do that, don't expect your former partner to create an environment that's like that. If they could create that, they would have created that environment when you were married to them. You are divorced for a reason. Don't forget why you got divorced. So don't be surprised when they act the same way they acted when you were married. Why should you be surprised? They use the same playbook. They just switch people. And in this case, they switch from you to the kids. And you get to be the stability for the kids because you get to guide them in how to spot the character traits of a toxic person and guide them through that. Make them understand why they're doing it, not what they're doing. And you can do that without speaking badly about the other parent. Think about the reasons that you used to want out. The kids are going through that same thing. Don't get distracted by the same things that distracted you and got you into the marriage and the same things that distracted you and kept you in the marriage. When you got divorced, you got divorced to start a new life, a happy one, a calm one, one that was effectively growing and getting stronger for you and what you were put on the planet for. So don't get divorced and then keep looking backwards and let, let yourself get drugged back into everything that kept you there in the first place. The example that you can set for your kids far outreaches you having to have, feeling like you have to have contact with the former parent. Now, if I'm sure I missed things, everybody's situation is different. There's a thousand different scenarios with kids. But the goal was to get him out of your life or to get her out of your life, except where the strings are attached. And where the strings are attached, you pull out the emotion. Now, maybe some of you are going, I don't know what she means by pull out the emotion. You answer with one or two answers. If the answer deserves a yes, it's a yes. If it deserves a no, it's a no. If it deserves a time, you just put the time down. If it's an amount, you put the amount down. If it's an appointment, you put the appointment. You don't say, hey, I just thought I'd drop you a note and let you know how Susie was doing, da 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 Thank you so much for bringing them home on time. I really appreciate that. That's emotion. They're seeking that emotion so that they can try and get a reaction. You keep things very short and very factual, and some people like to call it gray rocking. You're boring like a gray rock. Be very boring in the interactions and be very powerful in the interactions. You have a divorce paper for a reason. You have a custody agreement for a reason so that something holds them accountable so that if they don't follow through on what they're supposed to be doing, there's paperwork that holds them accountable. You no longer have to go up against them like you used to have to when you lived in the same house. So if you have additional questions on this, you feel free to message me if I think um, one of my former clients would have a better, um, better advice because of your particular situation, I'll connect you with them. If you have a situation where the kids are younger and you want some guidance on, you know, 
certain situations exactly, uh, maybe a session with me would be good because a lot of times if we can just get a plan together, it's really easy for you to follow a plan if somebody tells you what to do. But sometimes we feel like we're out there floundering in the ocean and we're not really sure how we're supposed to interact and how we're not supposed to interact. So if you can just get a plan together on how you're going to interact on the exchanges, it's a lot easier to do that rather than going in there blind, hoping they're not gonna say something mean. Um, again, the co-parenting thing, especially with the extremely toxic personality is really a no parenting thing. Concentrate on being the best parent that you can be and you don't have to be their friend to be a parent. In my opinion, if your kids aren't mad at you at least once or twice a week, you're not doing your job. So questions, I'm welcome. I welcome questions all the time. And I hope that some of you can understand why the co-parenting thing is so difficult because they're the same person. They're the same person you were married to, which you just spent the last who knows how many years trying to get away from. So treat it like the same situation and remember your kids are still in it, even if you're not.